Welcome back to the Dad and Rock Podcast. This is Sean. And I'm Chris. Hey, we are back again. How's it going? Uh, it's going well, going well. We're rolling Excellent. into the Star Wars season. That's right, yeah. We have a big show this week talking uh, nothing but Star Wars, except for a little, you know, some stuff up front, some updates about uh, what we've been up to. But yeah, Star Wars exclusive episode. Okay, so what have you been up to this weekend? Uh, we had a good weekend here. We actually had some nice weather uh, here in the uh, Louisville area. Uh, we're about to get smacked with the cold front here this week, but we had a little reprieve. We had sunshine. Uh, I think it was highs in the 50s on Saturday, highs in the 60s uh, today, Sunday. So we took the uh, opportunity to actually head out to the zoo today. We had a lot of fun. It's not something you hear about happening often, zoo in November. Yeah, our local zoo, it's a, it's a really good one. They stay open um if not the entire year, then, then most of the year, um, you know, they just have some exhibits that are closed, you know, off season. Um, but yeah, I, we go, we get passes every year, uh, kind of family passes to where we just kind of can go and go whenever we, we want. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, I, I gotta be honest today. I had a lot more fun than I do in like mid July when it's in the nineties and just jam packed with people. <laughs> oh, you're it not was, nasty, sweaty, and you know, shoulder to shoulder with the you know, people at the, the tiger exhibit. Yeah, we got to like you know take our time at, at each of the animals, and uh, the animals were still walking uh, walking around and, and doing their thing, and it was just a lot more pleasant um, to uh, walk around in 65 degree weather as opposed to sweating in the 90s. But uh, yeah, it made it a little bit easier to uh, to kind of trek the distance too. I wasn't completely wore out by the time we were done. Nice. Yeah, I also uh, saw Doctor Sleep that uh, this weekend. That was a new release out in theaters. So how was it? Did it live up to the expectations? I think they're pretty high for this one here. Yeah, I mean they kind of they kind of have to be. So I don't know. What's your experience with The Shining? Have you seen the original? It's been a long time, but I mean it was something I enjoyed. I mean it's not one I go back to, but I mean to be fair, I don't yeah. go back to very many. So right. I mean it would be something if I was you know bored or you know just not looking to watch anything that i may put on if i run across and say hbo or something so yeah uh, it was enjoyable yeah i'm kind of the same way where i really like that movie i mean the shining is uh listed as the number one horror movie for a lot of you know people's favorites as far as you know that genre and for just film in general with you know it's one of uh, stanley kubrick's most popular and uh one of jack nicholson's most famous performances so um, the new movie has kind of a lot to live up to, and, and honestly, I don't know if they set out to make a movie that was even going to compare to the original. There's always going to be comparisons, but, you know, it's been so many years since the original Shining. I think the best that you can do is just put out a, a sequel that um, is worthy <laughs> of the original, you know, without maybe matching the quality of the first one, but... Um, just to go into it a little bit, it, it stars um, Ewan McGregor. Um, he's he's a funny one, doesn't he? Kind of like um, Ewan McGregor's kind of a big name as like an actor. I mean, he's a draw. He, he he puts butts in the seats, but like he tends to really kind of sink into each and every one of his roles. Where I kind of forget that he's Ewan McGregor about you know five minutes into whatever movie I'm watching him in. Do you That's find a that? sign of a good actor though? You can kind of forget who he is and actually fall into the story. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's got the name recognition of like a, I don't know, like a Tom Cruise per se, but 
when you watch a Tom Cruise movie, you're just watching Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, you never forget you're watching Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, well, Ewan McGregor really kind of sinks into his characters. But uh, he did the same one in this one. So he, he plays a grown-up Danny Torrance, who's the little boy from The First Shining. Um, and, you know, he has these these powers. He has The Shining, right? Which, uh, which funny enough, in the first movie, it's, it's, a, it's a really dreadful claustrophobic horror movie about a dad going psycho and kind of terrorizing his wife and his child and you know there's also ghosts in the hotel so it's really kind of creepy and scary and you got the blood coming out of the elevator and the score uh kind of really emphasizes just the the dread of that whole film um but the the reason it's called the shining is because it's well one it's based off the stephen king book um but you know in the book his powers danny's torrance's powers kind of played a little bit more of a role when they kind of took a back seat to the movie um but i mean in this movie the the powers of the shining are kind of front and center and and i'll be honest it almost kind of felt like like an x-men film rolled into the horror genre where there were um villains uh that that danny torrance had to kind of fight against um, and they they have this epic showdown in the Overlook Hotel at the end of the mil- at the end of the movie. Um, so I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I walked out of that theater, and it's been a while. I can tell you, certainly not last week with Terminator, but this week when I walked out of the movie and I was heading to my car in the parking lot, I was like, man, that was a really good movie. And it's something I'm definitely going to buy, um, you know, and add to my digital library whenever that comes out. But uh, if you're halfway a fan of The Shining. And you have an itch to see like just a good horror movie. Um, I highly recommend it. I thought it was really great. Is this something you should see in the theater, or is it something that you would enjoy equally at home? Um, I think you could enjoy it equally at home. I mean, it's really it's got really great um, kind of overhead shots that they probably shot with drones these days, or done with helicopters back in uh, 1980. But uh, they they kind of remake some of the shots, you know, driving up to the over, Overlook uh, uh, Motel. Um, uh, kind of in the on the mountaintop there in Colorado. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great looking film. Like it's shot beautifully. The director uh, did a really good job with some of the um, things that he were tr- he was trying to convey as far as how their power works um, with just visuals. Um, so y- you know it's it's a good time in the theater, uh, but you don't necessarily have to run out, especially these days where everybody has a de- really decent home theater. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say everyone. If you got a, you know, big TV and a good surround system, you can pretty much equalize what the theater is doing anymore. Yeah, well, that sounds cool, man. It's not like you've had a uh, more of an adult type weekend than I had. Uh, well, I mean, outside of the zoo, but that that's yeah, a family thing. Yeah, um, what were you up to? Uh, well, we had our final soccer games in November. Oh boy, like, we, they had to push them out till noon. No, it was quarter after eleven because there was a freeze warning. So these little kids are out there. Uh, my daughter Skylar, she was in four layers, two yeah. pants, and then she winds up putting her jacket on. Not to mention her, you know, her hat and her gloves playing the soccer game. And then uh, Zach was running around, not quite as bundled up, but still freezing cold. It's like okay, we were we were happy they were playing, they were having a good time. We were happy they were done when it was over. Was this uh, Saturday? Saturday morning, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was kind of chilly here, too. Definitely not that bad. How cold was it up there? Uh, when we were playing, I think when we were done, the car was registering at 38. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it was it was cold. 
I mean, I joke a lot, like, you know, oh, it's just chilly outside. No, I had the beanie on. I had my heavy jacket on, I think, with a, with a hoodie, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was making sure I was bundling up because I wasn't running around kicking no soccer ball. Yeah, no, yeah, true enough. So this was their last week then? Yes, thank goodness. Uh, I mean, they both enjoyed it. Zach was playing. He's been playing with his friends. So it's something he always looked forward to. And he did tell me that he would like to play more year-round. So that was kind of my hint to, okay, now i got to look into maybe indoor soccer for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's something that's in the area or something accessible to us. But I think he'll enjoy it. Now, do they start up again with outdoor, like in the springtime? They do spring. Uh, he doesn't play spring. He plays fall. I, mean, I think either way, either in spring, you're going to be starting with it being cold yeah. and ending warm, or in the fall, starting warm and ending cold. So I don't think you're going to you're gonna avoid the weather either way in a, on either season. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's awesome that he enjoys it so much. How about Skylar? Uh, Skylar, she's hit or miss. I can tell she enjoys playing it. But then I was one time I called her, uh, you know, Saturday over where this one patch of dirt was, and she starts, like, acting like a dog. I'm like, <laughs> honey, honey, play the go. Pay attention. You're not a doggy. Uh, <laughs> she's a three-year-old. Right, so right. I mean, you can't expect a whole lot of, you know, a bunch of three-year-olds playing the game. Relax. I mean, have fun. That's all. They're, that's, that's the only reason they're playing at three years old. Have a good time. You know, when they're that young, just let them go out and do what they do. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, if you're, like you're saying, like with Zach, when he's at the age he is now, he's probably gonna he's gonna step up next year, and you can tell with his team, even the coaches on the other teams outside of uh, his team, uh, I, I think it's a product of the why. Yeah. When you don't have you know consistent coaches, and if you have a bunch of first time coaches that really aren't sure what they're doing, like when I was the first time uh, t ball coach. I winged it. I mean, there was a lot of things that I was just. I mean, I just loved baseball, so I was able to figure it out. Uh, quick and that with having little kids and having you know much younger siblings like how do I talk to kids this young and right. get them to understand what I want them to do and I was I was fairly good at it and with my new job coming up I may give me you know the opportunity to coach again which I would love to do but yeah uh, I wouldn't step into the soccer world if we can keep Zach with his friends and then with their dads they've been coaching for four it's I think it's their fifth year together mm-hmm. and you can see it like during their practices they're they're they're, they're actually talking about spacing. They're talking about passing. Yeah. They're talking about defense. I mean, they're teaching the kids what they need to know just because they, they know how to teach them because they've been doing it for a while now. Right. And like I said, it, it's just a product of youth soccer, youth sports in general, when you're having to rely on uh, volunteer parents to go ahead and coach these teams. Yeah. But uh, they had a good time doing that. And then uh, Zach has been bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. Daddy, can we go ahead and do a, you know videos? Can we shoot videos? I want to put videos on YouTube. I want to do a TikTok. I'm oh like, wow, oh. what TikTok? I, I found a, a TikTok video on my phone. <laughs> I've I've got the app, so I just kind of scroll through it. It's, it's it's goofy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I got a video. I click on it, and it's him laying in his bed with my phone pointing at his face. Hi, I'm Zach. I want followers. Please follow me. Oh my goodness. So he actually had two people click follow. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? So He's ready for the big time. So I was talking to my wife, and I was like, okay, here, here's this. I got this tripod uh, for my phone to go ahead and hold it so we can actually you know, do things. And it really wasn't it wasn't for that. It was more for, for this, for our show here. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how about I do this here? Rather than not knowing what he's doing, because he's already doing it under our nose without us knowing. Right. 
how about you let me go ahead and give him his own like video channel on YouTube and I would just like manage it. I'll know wow. what he's doing. I'll know who's going out. So yeah, he started a, a little show called ZTV and uh, we shot it here in the back bedroom and he went ahead and we did a, a Lego build. So he built a bulldozer and uh, put it out there. So he was super <laughs> excited about it. I bet he was. Wow. That's uh, that's amazing that uh, he has a YouTube channel before Dadnarok does. I know. Exactly. And that got me thinking. I was like, man, okay, we got to get, you know, uh, we the need to catch up. Out. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much what happened with us this weekend. You know, I got my little internet star now. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Uh, well, you know, you know, you sent me the link. We, we took, we took a look at that video and, uh, you know, at this point, my daughter, Verona, she, uh, she's wanting to do her own VTV. Thanks. To oh no. Guys. What did we do? Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's funny stuff right there. Let's talk about the elephant in December. Not Christmas. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Nothing Wars. but Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, Disney's pretty much flooding the, uh, the market here between now and the end of the year. But uh, we have neglected to talk about this new Star Wars trailer that released a few weeks back. Uh just because we've been overloaded with a bunch of other things that's going on, we knew we'd get to it eventually. Yeah, it kind of came out at, uh, I think, maybe the day that we were editing one of our episodes for that week. So um, we should. So we both reviewed, um, kind of before we got on the air here, we checked out the, um, kind of rewatched the Star Wars Episode Nine Rise of Skywalker trailer, the latest one, as well as the, uh, the Mandalorian trailer um, that we'll talk a little bit uh, after Episode Nine stuff. But uh, when you watch that trailer, what, what do you think of the most? What do you take, take away from it? It feels almost like a memorial, like they're saying goodbye. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, even when you go all the way through to where you see three periods, like, I want to take one last look at my friends. Right. It's like, even that line there is like, okay, he's more than anything, more than any character in any of the series, him and R2-D2 have been through almost all of it. Yeah. So they've been the most consistent character amongst all all of the Star Wars, you know, TV shows and movies, and even in some of the actual books, they're present. Yeah. So the, the fact that he says, you know, one last look at everyone kind of makes you feel like we're doing, it's almost like a funeral type setup. Yeah, the 3PO stuff is more interesting as far as his that character, C-3PO. There's more interesting stuff going on with him in this movie, apparently, according to both trailers that he's been doing in any movie since, boy, I don't know, maybe the original trilogy. Even. yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, there, there are two things going on. The last trailer, there's a quick shot of him with red glowing eyes, and that's all it was, right? And we was like, well, you know, we're like, what's going on there? But we didn't really give us much. And then this trailer, you can see he's clearly being hooked into something, right? Um, you know, there's that little alien that's kind of on his shoulder, hooking him up and, and jacking him into some sort of system. So this could be any number of things. Um, but the, but the two things that I've heard most are either one, he's being linked into like uh, a bunch of like uh, battle droids, or uh, being linked into maybe the Falcon or the ship that they're in himself. Uh, to kind of be somewhat of a pilot or, or, I guess, communicate with the ship or these droids. And his red glowing eyes are him going into, like, you know, battle mode. 
which I is like that. Yeah, I don't really care for that because that's totally outside of his character. It's just a. Uh, I like the know. idea. Well, I mean, I just you kind of I think we're feeding it a little bit, but more of a almost I don't want to say like a Siri type setup. Yeah. For like the the Falcons, like he's there. He's right. still there. His um. Uh, you know, his mental well being is still there, but he doesn't have the body anymore. Now he's just a part of that ship. Yeah, so the idea of him plugging into the Falcon, I think that's pretty cool. But the fact that uh, L337 is already in there, you know, from uh, from Solo, uh, the Han Solo or um, Solo movie. <laughs> yeah, Star <laughs> Wars or Solo Zero, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think maybe it would be a little crowded. The other thing that I- I've been hearing about with 3PO is that perhaps that they're... Uh, maybe trying to access some some wiped memories to really kind of uh, learn some uh, pre-original trilogy, some prequel era stuff. Maybe they can tell that he he was wiped at some point. And they're trying to get into some uh, stuff that was previously locked. Um, and I, I kind of like that idea. Maybe to see some some um, you know some scenes or some things that uh, around Anakin or or Palpatine. Um, and I, I kind of like that idea a lot better. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 open to pretty much a, a lot of things. I don't want to go too far fetched on it because I've got a feeling that I don't want I don't want to mess with them because right. I mean him and him and R two. I mean, li- kind of leaving because They were supposed to wipe R two many many times. Yeah, and somehow R two never got wiped. Right. So the fact that he survived, I mean, he would have more data stored up in him, I think, than actually C three PO would. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So that's um, it's just strange that three PO is so kind of final in his dialogue there, where he's really saying goodbye. I would just wonder what kind of circumstances led up to that, where three PO might be, uh, I don't know, dying if a droid could die. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. That's the one scene that actually got some type of response out of me in the trailer. I mean, I got a lot of like, oh, that's cool, that that looks awesome, but then when that comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a, kind, of kind of a, a, that's kind of a downer. It's a punch to the gut for sure. I mean, we can always say they continue on, and they, you know, we just don't see them again because it's the end of the saga, and they all live on. Right. Why do we have to lose three PO? I don't yeah. want to lose three PO. <laughs> yeah. So what happens with three PO? And honestly, the, the thing that I I pull away from um, the trailer kind of ends with Luke's voiceover and Leia's voiceover. You caught that? I I didn't always. catch that till today. Yeah. Leia's voice, I didn't catch. Yeah, Luke says the Force will be with you, and then Leia says always, kind of repeating the line that Obi Wan gives in A New Hope when he, you know, leaves Luke for the last time. Um, I, I just think that's all. Like, is that some sort of tease that maybe uh, because Leia, I mean, Carrie Fisher passed away. My assumption would be that Leia somehow passes away either on screen or off screen during this film. I don't know. What do you think? They got to do something. They they can't just have her vanish like yeah. just disappear she's got it there's got to be some type of uh closure to her character right. yeah and yeah so i i almost feel like this she's going to be some type of a disembodied voice that she's going to hear a lot right so rather than trying to go ahead and do the force ghost with her and everything i think that would be that would be, be too much yeah i think that'd be too much i think they should just go ahead and do the disembodied voice where she can hear a kind of like a conscience uh type setup uh, well, Luke, I think it's very easy. They can do the Force Ghost setup with him. I buy wholeheartedly that we're going to get full-on uh, glowing blue Force Ghost Luke kind of throughout this movie, just as we saw 
Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. Yeah. I think it would be awesome if they've kept... Now, there's no way they've been able to keep this under wraps because it would have leaked by now. Yeah. But if we will get Qui-Gon... Oh, yeah. There is no way they'd be able to keep that under wraps for this long. But if we were able to get him at some point, even just for a scene, I think that would be... That'd be that'd be monstrous, honestly, because they wouldn't have any Force ghosts if it wasn't for Qui Gon's knowledge of the Force. He's the reason behind right. all Force ghosts, behind Yoda knowing how to do it, and Yoda teaching uh, Obi Wan, and then Anakin. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if it wasn't for him, he it wouldn't be. They wouldn't have that knowledge just because he actually did all the studying of everything in the past. So yeah, and behind the scenes. Um, J.J. Abrams has said that he wants this to be the ending of the saga. So he's ending uh, with a movie, not only ending this trilogy, but a trilogy of trilogies. The prequels, the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy. So, I mean, I I would feel like it would be appropriate to to see Qui-Gon. And and I would think it would be appropriate to see like a a CG Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan Force Ghost um, you know, uh, and I think it would be appropriate to see Luke Force Ghost, almost like Force Ghost from each <laughs> each trilogy. Yeah, um, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm not sure how they'll play it into it. I I know the the biggest thing I'm hearing so far from people complaining is who is training Ray? Right, because there had to have been some train like Luke had Yoda, and I mean for the most part, then everyone else had prior, but there was always someone helping them through it. And then something came out about how uh, Leia uh, could have been training her. And there's you know, a big uproar about that. Well, Leia has never known. Leia hasn't used any Force. The only time we've seen her Force you know, used is in the last movie when she pulled herself back into the actual uh, ship so she didn't freeze to death. Yeah. And there's a, there's a book that was just released. Now, I, I'm a little ignorant to it. I haven't, it's one of the ones I haven't read yet. Believe it or not, there's one or two out there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but apparently, she... Purposely, she knows of the powers. She can actually use the powers, but she has purposely not used them, or really learnt a whole lot about them because she believes in in uh, diplomacy, and she right. didn't want that to actually cross over into that world. So she left Luke as the one to do it. And the argument has been okay. So she knew how to do it. She'll say she had the knowledge. She was able to pass that knowledge on to Ray. Yeah, and it's it's a stretch. For a lot of people, because I mean, they're they're always saying, "Okay, why are you doing this in the books? Why aren't yeah. we seeing this on on like in the movies or anything?" And, and my biggest argument to that is, it's always been that way. Right? There's always been holes in the movies because a lot of those holes were being filled in the books. And if you don't actually reach out to the books or any of the books at all, there's a lot of things you have no idea what's really going on, or there's you know additional things, you know, just just depth to things that you'll learn within the books. Yeah, you are preaching there. I, you know, I never really thought about that, but you're right. I, it, my enjoyment of the original trilogy, especially, is all of this extra. Now it's legends knowledge as opposed to canon knowledge, but all this extra stuff surrounding the stories of the original trilogy. Like even you know when I first watched A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, there's no real mention of Anakin and Obi Wan dueling on a lava filled planet in those movies but as i watched them i knew that's what took place because i read stories about it um yeah and then we got to actually see it in the flesh 
in Revenge of the Sith, and it just kind of came to a head and was and it was amazing. But you're right, like these movies, they aren't meant to give you every single little detail in a span of two hours and 15 minutes like that's what <laughs> well that's what the books were for the comics and now you know disney plus and original series yeah the the, the the canon now like i don't know a whole lot about the legends now i purposely i got into this again once uh when zach was younger when he fell into uh clone wars the series yeah and it kind of it rekindled the for me the love of the actual the Star Wars in general is something that you enjoyed when you were younger, and right. we kind of split because uh, we basically we haven't lived next to each other for quite a while. I mean, this is the closest we lived to to each other in some time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it kind of brought that back up, so I so I started showing them, and it gave me it gave me an appreciation of Episode One through Three because right. when we seen them, we were like, "Ugh, you mean Jar Jar Binks? What, what is what is all this?" Yeah, and then I, I challenge anybody out there that doesn't like them and has young kids. Sit down, watch episode one through three with a young one, with someone the ages, you know, five, six, seven, because I'm telling you, they will enjoy it. They will they'll oh, love it. Yeah. I mean, even Jar Jar Binks. I mean, the battle droids, Roger, Roger. He'll run around the house. Roger, Roger, Daddy, Roger, Roger. I mean, it's it gives you a whole different uh, you know, way of looking at it. It almost makes you think it wasn't targeted to the actual diehard fans, the older fans that were you know, watched it when the first ones came out, or even the ones that were even our age, because we were, what, 12, 13? Yeah, about that. Uh, when it came out. So, I mean, it wasn't even, I would argue, it wasn't even targeted to us. Right. It was targeted to kids. Yeah, and I, I have a theory on that, too. I think that the one of the reasons that the prequels were sort of rejected when they were was just how different they felt and looked from the original trilogy. Because we were so used to the nineteen late nineteen seventies and and early nineteen eighties aesthetic with puppetry, and those kind of special effects and the way those movies looked, and George he just wanted to go like full digital with the prequel trilogy. So many green screens and blue screens and mm -hmm. CGI. When I mean that's just the state of movies nowadays. Like. The prequel trilogy looks way different than the original trilogy, but the prequel trilogy looks like a lot of movies, almost every movie that comes out to theaters now in 2019. Like, everything is heavy CG with green screens and blue screens. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's not that, like, visual rejection, um, this, like, unconscious thing, like, where you're seeing something that just looks different from what you're used to and you kind of reject it immediately. But I think you're right. Like, um, those, the prequel trilogy have actually aged well. I mean, there's a ton of kids that were kids when those movies kind of came out originally and now it's like their favorite version of star wars they loved that era with anakin and the clone wars and revenge of the sith and like they like it way better than the original trilogy they think that's like old stuff <laughs> well the old trilogy is hard to watch for a young kid it's slower yeah yep. there's not a whole lot of pace to it it's not flashy it's right. a lot more uh story driven so you got to be a little more a little older to understand what's actually happening and be able to follow it yeah. You can't be scatterbrained while you're watching it because you'll get lost. Yeah, and it's very much like a, a fairy tale. I mean, that first movie, A New Hope, you know, I was reading the, the, the children's book, a little storybook based on it to, to my daughter recently, and man, it just plays like a fairy tale, just like a princess is in danger and a couple of uh, ragtag heroes come and save her from the Death Star, which is essentially like an evil lord's castle or something. Castle like, with a dragon around it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's a total fairy tale. And, you know, 
which is classic and a lot of kids enjoy, but um, you're right. I mean, kids are used to a little bit more flashbang these days. <laughs> yeah, what the world in you know the original trilogy looked like it was lived in. It was rough. It, was, it wasn't clean. Yeah. And then you go to the prequel trilogy, which is all flashy and shiny. You look at Naboo, and it's, it's just all... It, it looks like no one's lived in it, but there's people all over the place. Yeah, there's so not no only, trash on the sidewalk or anything. <laughs> right, yeah. So not only is everything in high-def resolution, but what you're watching, the scenery, and the, the worlds that you're seeing are all pristine and, and clean as well. So you're right, it wasn't dirty and lived in like the original trilogy. <laughs> but we have you know, people from the original trilogy and you know the, the, uh, the prequels kind of popping up in this trailer here. What do you think of the possibility of seeing the Emperor back? Um, I mean, I like it. I like Ian McDiarmid, and I like Emperor Palpatine. Like, I think he's one of the most, you know, BA <laughs> villains in uh, in cinema history. To be honest, um, I enjoy his. I mean, really, when I'm talking about him, I, he's one of the best parts. I, I always enjoyed him in Return of the Jedi. Just how he just chewed up, chewed up the scenery, and like, uh, welcome, young Skywalker. Like, he's just so over the top. Like just like a laughing, cackling, maniacal, just Atlant- just like a jerk and sarcastic. <laughs> Even in the prequel series, I mean, you can kind of see him, kind of uh, egging people on. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's one of my favorite parts of the prequel trilogy is watching him transform from this kindly old man that you want to like in the Phantom Menace and seeing the glimpses of Darth Sidious and how mysterious that was, to where he finally has his coming out party in Revenge of the Sith, and he's just like loving it he's just like laughing hysterically as he's throwing stuff at yoda and <laughs> it's the greatest yeah i mean I, there's a lot now see there's a lot that goes into the emperor coming back yeah and it's a lot of like old school like uh mythology when it comes down to to the sith or the the dark side yeah let's, let's drop the sith thing the sith thing is something it's the sith is kind of just like the um the Jedi. It's a religion of a side of the Force. Yeah, and there's all kinds of variations. I mean, there's the the, the gray Jedi, right? Um, and then there's also, I mean, I think this entire time with this new sequel trilogy, I, I don't think Kylo Ren has been labeled a Sith at all. He's, I mean, he's for sure a dark side user, um, but he's a part of this Knights of Ren group, and I don't think the the word Sith has even been mentioned in, in relation to them. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing to drop. Cause I, I don't like Yoda's rule either. There's always two, no, no more or less. Because if you go back in time in the series, in this world that George Lucas built, which is, is actually monstrous. Oh, uh, yeah. There has been many times where there has been more than two. There's been a whole planet of them. Yeah. So it, it, it's just, it just says, I would like to see them drop that whole Sith thing or that whole rule of two, which I think kind of came up almost like an oh a whim. Oh, this sounds like this may be a good line for Yoda type setup. I I think that the end of this trilogy, I think at the end of this story, the term Jedi and the term Sith are all going to go away. And I think, I honestly think that Rey is going to usher in a new era of just Force users in general to where they're going to have less of these labels. And we saw it in The Last Jedi, where Yoda was totally cool with just burning the ancient Jedi books. And and he was just like, look, I mean, we passed on what we we could learn. 
and now it's up to the new, new generation to do their thing and we got to be okay with that and i think at the end of this story episode nine that's what we're going to see it's going it's to be like a clean slate and a brand new era for force users in general uh for new star wars films going forward do you think star wars can survive without the term jedi um yeah i think so I think um, the term Jedi is kind of synonymous to, you know, the Skywalker saga as far as what the general public knows as Star Wars, right? And of course, it's been important to stories previously, but I think it'll be, if they get rid of that term, if they if they have a new beginning where the Force users kind of interpret the Force differently going forward, I think that's what will make the Skywalker saga special. Like, they'll truly bring balance to the Force where it's not this... Um, this um, constant conflict between a dark side and a light side. It'll be more of an even playing field. What Luke kind of described in The Last Jedi, where, um, you know, he kind of spoke of the Jedi in terms of, like, you know, it's time for the Jedi to end. Like, we're just... Arrogance. They were just as arrogant as Palpatine was. Exactly right. And they're using the Force for their own gain. And I, I think the Force is a living... <laughs> you know, thing where maybe it's uh, doesn't want to be pulled in two different directions going forward. You know, I, I think um, I don't know. There's tons of ways to talk about the Force, and I think it's some of the most interesting stuff. These larger ideas about the Force itself in this new sequel trilogy are some of the most interesting stuff going on. It'd be interesting to see where they go story-wise. So, say they they, they go down this road, like you're, you're suggesting, they may go down. Yeah. They drop the the you know the Jedi in name in, in general. And they just are individuals, you know, kind of that practice this faith, right? Without you know, without having temples and all this, where do they go? I mean, there's a, there's this whole, you know, wild space where we don't know a whole lot about. We I mean yeah. we know a little bit about like uh, uh, Thrawn and you know his people out there, the Chiss that live out in the wild space, and we know that's where you know the the Empire. That's where they kind of brought back the first order they kind of went out there and they had their contingency plan and that's kind of what i think was the birth of the first order right but, i mean there's so, there's so much that's out there that we still that they can still play upon and bring characters in and and this is where they've got to pull from the books they have to pull knowledge from the books say the throne series there was already three they're doing three more that's happened prior to the yeah. information that we have now so that right there is going to give us more alien races more knowledge more uh, just more things to pull from. And it doesn't have to be anything that we know of. We just got to know, say, maybe the the race of these aliens. They said they don't want to use anything that we already know in these new series. Yeah. So they want to leave this whole saga behind us. But I don't think they can completely do that because the worlds that they built, we're still going to see uh, just aliens and everything and races and everything that we've known for some type of familiarity. They can't drop all of that. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and, I mean, the job of this movie, it's it's got a lot on its shoulders, man. I mean, it's... J.J. Abrams himself said this is going to be the, the end of a nine-film saga. And I can't imagine the kind of pressure that is to, to wrap something up like that in a satisfying way. It's going to be tough, and I hope that they end up doing it, I mean, for sure. But um, I'm, I don't know. Anything else from this trailer that you kind of um, spotted and, and wanted to bring up? Uh, there was one big Easter egg that uh that I noticed, and uh, just because I'm a Rebels fan, the uh, the ghost was oh, in yeah. a shot where it was right to the right of the Millennium Falcon when all the ships were actually kind of congregating, which 
leads us to kind of think who is piloting the ghost. Uh, if it's Hera, you know, because she's you know, that's her ship, and she has been confirmed to be in the movies. It's just by name alone. Yeah. Will we see an actual Hera live action on TV? Which I think just that by itself, that little thing that if they showed that, I think that would appease a lot of fans, no matter the complete direction of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I noticed that too. That was pretty exciting to see uh, a ship that we've only seen in animated form in a in you know live action form. I thought that was pretty great. I don't know with, with the timing of everything. I don't know how quickly or slowly Twi'leks age because remember this is thirty years after Return of the Jedi. Um, so in my head, I'm thinking maybe the pilot of the Ghost now would be the son of uh, Hera and uh, the Jedi Kanan that, that, spoilers, that died at the end of Star Wars Rebels. Um, you know, before it died, apparently, they, they had a special night together and uh, made a baby. But, uh, and we yeah, see... A little Greek guy. Yeah, a little, <laughs> their, their son. We see a little, basically like a toddler um, at the end of that series. So in my head, that's who's piloting it. But, I mean, who knows? And who knows we'll, if we'll even see who's um, at the helm. We probably won't. And if we get anything, it's maybe a quick glimpse inside the pilot seat. Right, been bought by it with a flyby or something like that. Uh, but I would even be happy with that. Just, give, yeah. just give me, give me something. But my my biggest fear with this movie right now is the more I watch the trailers, the more we talk about, it, the more I'm building it up in my head, the higher the bar I'm putting for this movie. And it's almost like we do this to all the movies that we're looking forward to. Yeah, we set them up for failure. Yeah, we do. And if we go into the movie, uh. With a lower expectation, you nine out of ten times you walk up thinking, "Hey, that was that was actually a pretty good movie." But I think some people are kind of like so diehard fans they can't help themselves, and I, I've kind of I'm, I'm falling into that. I'm not one of the ones that would go on Facebook or anywhere and kind of rip something or online. Yeah, but I can I can see myself being like, "Oh man, that sucked." Yeah, I'm. I mean, I made that very same mistake going into The Last Jedi, um, where in my head I had all these visions of what an old Jedi Master Luke Skywalker should be and would look like, and just being just like a force to be reckoned with, with his Return of the Jedi green lightsaber, right? (laughs) And I feel like that Luke Skywalker does exist somewhere in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Um, but I just didn't know that that's not the character that I would be getting at his that point in his life. Like by the time we get to him in these movies, there's he's been so a ton of down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's wrecked. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> he's, not much left of him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and and I left the theater kind of being disappointed that I didn't get to see that in my head. Um, you know what was in my head, kind of um, on the screen, but. After revisiting um, the movie, and um, there's just certain scenes that I think are some of my favorite in the whole saga, when when Luke and, and Yoda kind of sit down at the end of that field, and, and Yoda makes the lightning strike the, the temple mm-hmm. there, I think it's amazing, that conversation they have. And the whole ending with Luke versus Kylo on that, that salt field, and uh, he's, you know, turns out uh, that Luke's just kind of projecting never the whole there. time. It was just so amazing. And uh, the more I watch it, the more I love it. So um, this will probably be the same way where it's it's going to meet some expectations and it's not going to meet some others. And um, I just hope that we have, you know, one last awesome Star Wars movie with the, the Skywalker characters that we that we know and love. Yeah, I don't want a huge finality about it. 
Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if we get something and there's some questions. It's not like it's going to be like Rogue One, where we yeah. know all those characters died at the end of that movie. Yeah. So I don't want to be like uh, it's a funeral. I, I don't want that. Right. I, Me neither. I want it. I want them to continue living on, continue training, continue doing what they're doing, and kind of bring, you know, whatever continuation in that world they can have. So I mean, that's kind of what I'm what I'm hoping for. I'm expecting to be a little bummed walking out, but I, like like you're saying, and kind of like how I'm feeling about the original. Tr- uh, the prequel trilogies, how they're kind of growing on me. Yeah. Just because watching them through, you know, kids' eyes uh, with my son. Uh, I anticipate the same with this one here. Uh, just based on, you know, all the information I know. And like I said, I'm setting myself up, reading all the books and everything and knowing everything that I know. I went into The Last Jedi kind of with a predetermined idea of what was going to happen just based on the knowledge that I already had based on all the books. Right. So I... I I'm setting myself. I know I'm setting myself up. That's pretty much what's going on, and I got <laughs> at least I'm self uh, aware of that. <laughs> well, at least hey, we're gonna go through it together. We're gonna see this thing uh, opening weekend, uh, and you guys will actually get person. a live Facebook live video of our immediate reaction. So if you if we're upset, you're gonna see it live. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll do it from like the parking lot of the theater or something, just to, to keep it fresh. We won't even discuss it because that car ride home, I'm sure, is going to be full of conversation. Oh yeah, we're gonna so. yeah, there's gonna be a lot going on with that. And, uh, yeah, but uh, looking forward to that one actually. But yeah. I don't think we can. Uh, we've pretty much wrung that dry. What do you think? Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot more Star Wars to talk about, man. What about the Mandalorian? Yeah, I mean, we are you more excited about the Mandalorian or uh, the last uh, movie here? Okay, well, I'm of two minds of it, and, and here's what I'm thinking. Yes and no, because Episode Nine is going to have more important events taking place that is going to impact the Star Wars universe as a whole more, right? Episode Nine is going to be a big deal, whatever happens in it. Um, Mandalorian, it's going to be a smaller story, but I feel like it's almost going to be the sequel to Return of the Jedi that I didn't quite get with The Force Awakens. Like... It takes place five years directly after Return of the Jedi, which, you know, in the previous films, um, you know, like Empire Strikes Back kind of takes place a few years after A New Hope, and Return of the Jedi takes place a few years after Empire Strikes Back, and this is going to take place a few years after Return of the Jedi. And it's not going to have Luke, Leia, and Han looking yeah. like they did back in 1985 or 1986 or whatever, right? But um, it is going to have that you know, it is going to have the Star Wars galaxy in that time. We're going to see what kind of repercussions uh, the the falling of Palpatine and the Empire, what 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 that does to the galaxy and, and how they recoup and, and what changes are made. We're going to see that um, in a show with characters that are going to explore that idea. And I feel like that. I'm super jazzed about that. Yeah, no, this one's been one of those ones that's been hearing a lot about it. Then all of a sudden we get some casting information about it. Then all of a sudden... Carl Weathers, really, really, <laughs> yeah, does not throw the towel in yet. I mean, <laughs> Apollo Creed himself. I mean, that by itself is awesome. But I mean, I mean Gina Carano. I mean, I wasn't huge on a few things she does. I think she looks awesome for this part that she's been playing. Yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal. I mean, he's been the Mandalorian by himself. I hope they don't make the same mistake they made with Kylo Ren with him. Keep him masked. We do not need to see his face. As well, I mean. I, I kind of want I want I want them to keep that you know, that aura about him a little bit more a little bit longer than they kind of reveal Kylo Ren in the movies. Yeah, I mean, to a point, I do agree with you on that. I just feel like it's hard to 
hire an actor of his caliber and not show his face eventually. Especially story-wise, I mean, this isn't like Empire Strikes Back where Boba Fett is sort of a side character where we get a total of maybe, you know, seven minutes out of the whole movie. Like, this is the Mandalorian, and we're going to probably see him, like, after a long day, go back to his home and, like, kick off his shoes. (laughs) And if he's sitting on his couch with his helmet on, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that would be kind of goofy. Yeah. I, would, I would hope that would go through the first maybe episode and just kind of leave that oh, yeah. that aura For of, sure. you know, he's in his get-up, he's, you know, he's just one badass. So, yeah. Um, but, he, I mean, I've watched this trailer a few times. It looks awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah. even the visuals. And, it, and it, it gives you what we were talking about, how the, the prequels um, didn't give you. It, it gives you that lived-in world, that gritty world oh, that yeah. we got in episode you know four, five, and six, well, which we didn't get in the the prequel series. So right there by itself, it it's it's already giving you what what you would expect. Yeah, this doesn't feel like the glossy Star Wars, like the pretty photoshopped paintings that they put on the toys that are out that you see at Target. <laughs> this feels yeah. like. When you put in the uh, Star Wars VHS tape back in the day and watched it that way, and it just it just feels like that Star Wars, and I, I've missed that Star Wars. Has they have they given us any information on what world this is supposed to take place on? Um, boy, I would actually love it if it was Tatooine, but I don't think it is Tatooine. It's got to be it, something a planet similar. Yeah, I mean it's a desert planet, so I mean it's got to be something like that. And it looks like he actually can jump from area to area because he's got a ship. He's transporting. Uh, people all over the place, so I'm not yeah. sure exactly where he's hanging out. We've for sure seen a, a few different locales in the trailers. I think they're going to be, like you said, they're going to be traveling. They're going to be meeting new characters from different planets, and it's not going to be kind of pigeonholed to uh, to one location. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing some places that we already know of and some, some new places, too. See, I wonder if he's going to actually go back and actually get a, a, like a real-life look at like Mandalore. The actual planet itself, because so we, we get a lot of it in the, the Clone Wars. Yeah, but uh, having an actual visual of it, because it's supposed to be a beautiful planet, and if it's anything, say like um, a Naboo was, right? I mean, they've already set that level high on like how how a planet can look that's supposed to be held to that magnitude. Boy, I think I mean I gotta imagine with a show that's actually literally called The Mandalorian, they they have to go to Mandalore at some point. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I'm super excited about, too, is the fact that uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are the the showrunners for this for this thing. And for those that... You probably recognize John Favreau's name. I mean, he was happy in the Iron Man movies. Uh, so a lot of folks know him as a director, and he's been around since the 90s um, kicking it. But Dave Filoni's been um, a showrunner of not only the Clone Wars, but Star Wars Rebels. He's, he's been the man when it's come to the animation side of Star Wars here, and he is like a, just a walking library. Like, he was a student of George Lucas himself. And uh, you said that George has some writing credits this season, right? Yeah, George actually has the uh, writing credit in all of the eight episodes. So, uh, so wow. he's going to have a direct impact on what's going on. Uh, hopefully it is for the good. But uh, he kind of lets John uh, Favreau and Filoni kind of do their thing and right. kind of fills in, you know, just some of the world that they may not be aware of that uh, you know, Lucas can provide. I mean, he's got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Star Wars. I mean, he, you can't just discount, you know, him. And it's cool that he's involved. 
Yeah, and I, I have to think that uh, Dave Filoni, being who he is, he's got such love for a lot of these characters that he really created himself for these uh, animated shows like The Clone Wars and, and Rebels. I got to I gotta think that we're going to see some live-action versions of those characters for the first time in this show. You kind of have to. I mean, everyone's been kind of uh, chomping at the bit. Everyone wants to see Ahsoka. Everyone yeah, wants yeah. to see either a... You know what? Disney Plus is setting himself up. We can get a live-action Ahsoka TV show. That'd be fantastic. People would freak out if that happened. I'd, I'd be one of them. I like. She, I, I I read her book. The how she got you know, for a better laugh, like way of saying it, the shaft in Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's one. If you're just gonna hunt out you know Clone Wars episodes. Just to kind of follow her character, because you can you can kind of piecemeal them together. It's one of those ones you can jump around in. Yeah, uh, she is one that is definitely worth uh, looking into. She is a great character, and she's not she's not a Jedi. She, I mean, spoilers. Uh, she left the Jedi Council, and she walked away. Right, and she has her own thing going now. She has all these abilities. So, would you say she's a a practicer? She's a force. She she definitely can do everything. She has her double sided lightsaber in her book. She's no longer with the Jedi Fort, you know, Council. So she's kind of her own thing. So it would be fun to see a storyline with her because in her book, she went around and she was helping the less fortunate kind of uh, help them, you know, the the oppressed people, feeding and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, she's definitely on the good side of things. So it'll be fun to watch her actually get into a uh, planet, things go sideways, and see her kind of get her way, herself out of it. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how excited I was in Rebels when they started using her call sign. Because her call yeah. sign was something that was uh, in the book that I recognized immediately. I'm like, there's no way. Because I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to freak out inside. Like, are we going to see an adult Ahsoka? Yeah. And sure enough, we did. I was like, I was... Looking forward to each of those you know, episodes, and Zach himself, he loves her. So oh, yeah. the fact that what he actually seen her come into, I seen his eyes light up. Yeah. So, th- I mean, that was one thing. If there was one thing that I would that would suggest, if you got you know young kids or anything, start them with the Clone Wars series. Right. And the reason I say that is because it gets them used to Anakin, Obi Wan. Uh, I mean, there's Ahsoka, and you got R2, you got, you got all the characters. So when you, you bleed into and you start, you know, episode one through three, and then yeah. it, they already have a familiarity. So it's not a, you know, them looking confused and not sure if they're going to like it or not. Because by the time you get through the Clone Wars series, you're going to know if going through the movies is going to be worth their while. Yeah, and that way, when they finally watch Revenge of the Sith and they see Anakin, the character that they love, um, you know, cut down little younglings, they'll they'll cry their eyes out, and you'll, uh, you'll have a great day. <laughs> oh, we went dark. Okay, because that's the ultimate conclusion of that, right? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it all just ends with Clone Wars. Don't don't watch uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, they all live man. happily ever after. Oh, that that was a difficult movie to get through with Zach. I bet. 
trying to explain it without explaining what happened type thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the way things are currently in the world of Star Wars here as we sit in early November 2019. We've got a bunch of exciting things lined up in just the next couple of months. It's kind of crazy. I don't think we've ever had this much Star Wars kind of uh, to anticipate uh, coming at us soon. But we've got um, this week is, of course, the much-anticipated release of Disney+. Plus. The Mandalorian, we can start watching the show for real this upcoming Tuesday. Um, and then, of course, we have Episode 9 next month. Um, we've got a ton of great things on the way here at the Dad and Rock podcast. Uh, we've got, um, of course, the convention coming up here. The Louisville Galaxy Con that Chris and I are both attending. Um, his son, Zach, and my daughter, Verona, will be there as well. Um, just uh, kind of enjoying the convention and seeing the costumes and the sights. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. What else is coming down the pipeline? So what I'll say is, I mean, we have a lot of things happening. We've talked about, you know, the videos and everything. Uh, we have seen a big spike in our downloads in this show in the past couple of days. So uh, thank you to all of you. Anyone that is out there that is, uh, is liking, is commenting, uh, is, is sharing it on their own page. Because we go ahead and we share, you know, from the Dead in Rock page to our personal pages. Uh, we are seeing a spike in, in interactions. We're not paying for any of this. This is all organic. Everyone is kind of spreading this on their own. It's a virus that we can't stop. So uh, <laughs> we, we really we really appreciate that. I mean, it's it's something fun to watch, you know, watch us grow. And so we do have one review on here. And um, basically it says, you know, amazing insight on now and then. It says great insight review on movies, video games, comic cons. Uh, that I connect with. Great stories of friendship growing up in a small town. An amazing story of opening up a video game and playing it and rewrapping it before Christmas. That takes balls. <laughs> that is an awesome review. So uh, we know who did it. So uh, thank you so much for that. Only reason we know is uh, it's the same comment that was left on our Facebook page. So <laughs> Yeah, so we got a comment and uh, a review on iTunes. So be sure to do that. If you guys are listening to us, however you're listening to us, whether it be iTunes or Spotify, uh, see if you can leave a, uh, a review. See if you can leave a five-star review. That would help us out even more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, going forward, we, we've done a lot of talking here today, and we'll c continue to keep talking and hopefully growing the, um, uh, the listener base here. And uh, we love having you. Yeah, so thank you so much, guys. I'll just give you one quick more piece of insight here. Uh, we've averaged about over 200 200 downloads an episode for the first three months here we are almost over that today before we even release this one here you're listening to now so wow uh, surge surge yeah, of listenership kudos guys i appreciate it uh but with all that i mean you know where to find me i'm chris at dadnerock.com and this is sean s-h-a-u-n at dadnerock.com uh you can find us on facebook and everything else but once again like uh, sean was saying here like us uh, subscribe, leave comments, all that helps other people find us. So, um, for Sean and me, uh, Chris here, and I think this is a good spot for the Dad in the Rock podcast to go ahead and sign off for the evening. Good night, everybody. See ya.